back. Welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. I am Joel Cookson, and I am very happy that you've decided to spend a little time talking, thinking, listening about high school sports in the state of Connecticut. We thank you for joining us. We are managed to stay on schedule against the odds. I have posted another podcast in during my every other week posting schedule. We've re- resumed, returned from the winter doldrums where I disappear for a few months and hibernate. Now we are back because it is championship season. We were back two weeks ago, kind of a little bit of a different episode covering some wide uh, different topics, but now we are championship focused. So this week on the CIC cast, we are going to check in with Jerry DeSimus Jr. from Connecticut Wrestling Online. CTWrestling.com is his great website along with the Collinsville Press. He's going to help us break down what took place at the CIAC Wrestling Divisional Championships and then look ahead to this weekend's big state open, which will get underway a little later today, Friday, at the Floyd Little Athletic Center and then conclude tomorrow with a great day of championship wrestling on Saturday. And then our second guest today, we're going to get on the phone with Sean McFarland from the Hartford Current. He set up shop at Floyd Little over the last week covering the CIAC Divisional Track and State Open Indoor Track Championships. Sean also, of course, well-versed in high school boys basketball in Connecticut, so we're going to get into that as well, start looking ahead to what might be in store for some of the boys basketball tournaments as that season concludes and, and schools start looking ahead to league and CIAC play. So a pair of guests today, a lot of championship topic, topics covered. We thank you for subscribing, listening to the CIAC cast. If you do listen, we hope you subscribe, follow us, Uh, You can listen on iTunes and subscribe there. If you do, please rate and leave us a review. That would be lovely. We're on Google Play and Stitcher as well. Or you can just find us at CIACsports.com, CIACmobile.com. You follow uh, the CIAC, our various social media platforms. We are going to be social media heavy during championship season. So follow us on Twitter at CIACsports. Instagram, really doing some interesting things with Instagram there. I'll talk about that maybe in the uh, things you might have missed section, which is coming up shortly. That's called a tease in the business. Uh, Instagram is also CIAC Sports. That's the Instagram account. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports, and our YouTube channel. You are going to want to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Search for CAS-CIAC in YouTube. Uh, Another uh, little tease here. There's a great story posted this very day. covering some of the things that are going to be happening at the CIC Wrestling uh, Championships this weekend. So please subscribe. Please check out all the good work uh, that's being done there on our YouTube channel. Lots of interesting videos. We've been posting things uh, covering all sorts of topics, and we'll be very busy there during the winter championship season. So with all that said, uh, looking forward to talking to our guests, and uh, let's quickly run through some of the things you might have missed at CIACsports.com or elsewhere in the CIAC universe. I mentioned uh, YouTube. We haven't put some of these videos there, but we have been breaking down and releasing the all-century boys and girls basketball teams. These are the 25 uh, best players uh, as chosen by a a committee and narrowed down by some folks here on our staff. We talked about this on the last edition of the CIAC cast, but if you haven't checked it out, we've gone 15 players deep so far on the boys and girls teams. Take a look at those teams. Hope you will uh, weigh in. Use the hashtag CIAC100. That is all part of our centennial celebration. Celebration. We're going to be announcing all the way up to uh, the Run to the Sun, Mohegan Sun um, Championships. We're going to be releasing the members of that 25-player team. So you can see all uh, 15 for the boys and all 15 for the girls that we've announced thus far. Some unbelievable players. Uh, you look at some of these stats, some of these accomplishments, and uh, you're blown away. And it's just a great way to tell some of the history of uh, the high school sports in Connecticut. So we hope you'll 
check that out there. What else do we have at CIACsports.com? I always say this time of year, uh, of course, we have linked up winter championships, as I mentioned. We've had uh, divisional championships in wrestling and now divisional championships and the state open in track and field. So all of the stories about those championships can be found in one place, and that is linked up winter championships. It's right there on CIACsports.com. So and that'll be uh, we will be adding to that. Uh, I'll have plenty more to add to that this weekend as we have the state open championships in wrestling, divisional championships in gymnastics will uh, be added to the mix there uh, probably Monday morning. So you're going to want to bookmark that. So many great stories, so many great championship stories this time of year uh, as we cover all the things going on in the world of high school sports in Connecticut. So that's something else you might have missed there. Uh, let's see. I think that about covers uh, things there at CICsports.com, but you are going to want to bookmark Tournament Central. .ciacsports.com. That is the place. We put the girls' basketball pairings were released on Wednesday. That is where you can find them. You can find your pairings. You can find schedules. You can find rosters. You can sign up for email or text updates. You can do just about anything when it comes to following CIAC High School Championship tournaments at tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. So please, 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 please. Or ciacmobile.com. That's also our mobile version. Uh, has a lot of the same information that you can find at Tournament Central. Please check it out. Bookmark both. Bookmark it on your mobile device. You are going to want to uh, tune in there. My favorite thing, I think, there's a tab that just says schedules, and you pull that bad boy up uh, in the next few weeks, and you'll see about you know 90 girls' basketball games, 90 boys' basketball games on a given night. Pick a game. Go check it out. It'll be great uh, action, so that's something you can keep tabs on as well. I think that about, oh, I did want to talk about our social media. So we mentioned uh, we've been sharing little videos as well as releasing the names for the all-century boys and girls basketball teams. That's been a lot of fun. This week on Instagram, we had the first uh, takeover from a member of our student athletic advisory board. This is a group, uh, the first uh, CIAC committee that has just featured student athletes. So this is a group that comes to uh, the CIAC three times a year. They offer their insight. They offer their great feedback on, uh, on issues. They're helping us uh, come up with policies and procedures on sportsmanship challenges. Uh, and so this week, for the first time, we opened up our Instagram account, as I mentioned, at CIAC Sports, uh, to one of those individuals. A, a young lady from Massac High School did a beautiful takeover there, shared lots of things about the student-athlete and high school experience at her school. Keep an eye out for that. We're going to be doing a lot more of that. I believe the next one is coming up on Tuesday of next week. Uh, we'll have another uh, individual taking over that Instagram account, so check that out. Also on Instagram this past week, we shared two brief videos. Uh, this was on our Twitter account as well from our two finalists for the Battle of the Fans competition. We'll be making our announcement and our choice uh, in the coming weeks. I don't have that date handy off the top of my head, but uh, our two finalists, Glastonbury High School and East Lyme High School. So check out the, the great videos uh, that feature some footage from their games as well as interviews with some of the student leaders uh, at the schools. Uh, had a lot of fun checking in on those schools and, uh, and promoting the great work that they are doing uh, in, the well, in the realm of school spirit and, and supporting their schools and supporting their athletic teams. So check all that out. That's been on our social media accounts, as I mentioned. There's going to be lots of good stuff. I mentioned there's a story coming up. Uh, I believe it is now out on our YouTube page uh, previewing the CIC Girls Wrestling Invitational from the perspective of four athletes, uh, four girls wrestlers from Amity High School, as well as their athletic trainer, who was a wrestler at Division Three Springfield College uh, during her career and is now the trainer at Amity. So great story there from my colleague John Holt, uh, kind of previewing and, and taking a look at what it means to have this 
first girls wrestling invitational taking place this weekend. And that's also going to be running at the state open as part of the state open at the uh, wrestling championships at Floyd Little. So you can uh, check that out this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Great diverse uh, slate of competitions going on. You got the wrestling uh, for the boys and girls at uh, Floyd Little. The gymnastics divisional championships I mentioned is all day at Jonathan Law High School in Milford. And uh, not technically a CIAC-sponsored sport, but a student activity uh, as part of our student activity branch. The high school dance championships will be taking place uh, beginning at 11 a.m. at Hamden High School. So you want to see some great... Uh, Great performances from uh, dance teams from all over the state of Connecticut. Uh, just looking at the list, I think we got about 90 schools, it seems like. Well, maybe that's a little high, but we've got a bunch running from about 11 a.m. till 3 o'clock, uh, a full day of dancing at Hamden High School. So check that out as well. I think that is just about everything I had to cover here, so let's get to our guests. We're leading things off will be Jerry DeSimus from uh, Connecticut Wrestling Online, Collinsville Press. The man is deep into the world of high school wrestling in Connecticut, and he's going to uh, help us break down some of the things we're going to be looking at at the State Open this weekend. We are in the midst of the busiest time of year for Connecticut high school wrestlers, and that means we had to get on the phone with Jerry DeSimus, the uh, the proprietor of uh, Connecticut Wrestling on Online, ctwrestling.com, and also from the Collinsville Press, going to talk to us about uh, some of the things we saw at the divisional championships and preview this weekend's State Open. So, Jerry, thanks so much for being with us, as always. Happy to talk with you, Joel. Always good to talk a little wrestling, a sport uh, maybe we don't cover as much as we should here on the CIC cast, but uh, anytime we do, we try to get Jerry on the phone. So we had four divisional championships, obviously, this past weekend, four champions, uh, and then a bunch of wrestlers now moving forward to the State Open this weekend. So let's start off uh, kind of looking backwards before we start looking forwards. Jerry, what uh, any sort of big storylines or, or big uh, things that stood out to you from the divisional championships, obviously, besides, uh, and we can kind of go into the spe specific meets uh, in a second, but just sort of big picture things that jumped out at you uh, from the meets this past weekend. Big picture things, uh, you know, a lot of good wrestling, uh, but it was the teams that have been consistent all year that were ending up as winners here in the uh, state championship meets. Um, it's been a consistent performance for the teams throughout the year. And we saw in, in most of the meets, um, the most competitive meet, I think, was in the uh, Class L championships. You had Simsbury, uh, who was ranked number two in the Connecticut Wrestling Online Top Ten poll. You had Xavier at number four. You had Bristol Eastern at number five um, in that meet. And New Milford as well. Very competitive meet. And... Uh, you know, Bristol Eastern have won the meet for three years in a row prior to this year. And last year, Simsbury lost by a half point. So <clears throat> that was something that was driving Simsbury all year long. Sure. Uh, let's get to that uh, championship level. However, they ran into an Xavier team that uh, has been uh, toughened by uh, some excellent uh, tournaments during the season. Um, they they want Xavier won five tournaments this year. They won a tournament in New York uh, called the Mid Hudson Classic. They won a tournament in Massachusetts. They won uh, two tournaments in Connecticut. They won the Southern Connecticut Conference Championship. And when it came down to the uh, Class L meet, uh, it came right down to the wire. The two teams were training the lead throughout the day, mm -hmm. and uh, it came down to Xavier beating Simsbury by uh, two and a half points. Wow. This year, yeah, it was uh, it was some great wrestling. Um, both teams were excellent. Simsbury uh, scored the most points they've ever scored in a CIAC meet. 
they're sending 11 wrestlers this week to the state opening championship, and they came up two and a half points short. Wow. So, uh, tremendous wrestling on both sides. Um, you know, to send a, a wrestler to the state open, you have to place in the top six. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's only 14 weight classes, and Simsbury's sending 11 wrestlers wow. to the yeah. open. So, they did a nice job uh, in the tournament. And, of course, Xavier, you know, they're sending 10. They had three individual champions. They had five finalists. So it was some good wrestling there. Sounds like um, it, a thin line there between uh, between the champions. I know a little bit of history, uh, or if not the first, but a, a little bit of history in Class M, what uh, what took place there with Suffield uh, Windsor Locks coming away with the championship. Suffield Windsor Locks, the second co-op team in state history to win a uh, state championship. Old Saybrook, uh, Westbrook won in 2012. But it's the first state championship for Suffield. Uh, and they've had a, uh, a pretty impressive finish to their season. You know, at one point uh, in January, they lost a conference meet to uh, Canton, mm-hmm. and they were behind the eight ball in terms of trying to uh, win a league championship. They had to run the table, which they did, and then they had to go out and win the conference uh, tournament uh, two weeks ago, and they did that. First conference championship for Suffield since 2007. So, you know, they did a, a nice job there. So well, they came down to the Class M meet. They're facing uh, Foreign of Milford, who was their main challenger. And uh, Foreign has uh, won, you know, coming into today's uh, last Saturday's meet, mm-hmm. Foreign had won two of the last uh, four uh, tournaments, and they finished second in the other two. A formidable, formidable opponent. But Suffield did a great job. They put four guys in the finals. They won three championships, and uh, they pulled away to get their first state championship. They're pretty, uh, pretty stoked up there. I would imagine, yeah, certainly. Uh, anytime you get a, a little bit of history there, uh, that, that's pretty exciting. Uh, some familiar faces, uh, as you said, uh, coming away with championships in, in Double L uh, with Dan Barry, obviously uh, kind of the perennial uh, force in, in wrestling. What was the story there in the Double L championship with uh, the Hatters coming away with the title? Well, you know, that, that Danbury team, uh, you know, the, the people, the kids change, but uh, they still keep winning, you know. Uh, Coach Ricky Shook is, has told me at one point he doesn't want any of his kids to go undefeated during the season, so he toughens up the schedule to make sure that they pick up a loss somewhere along the way because it teaches them a, le- a good lesson of preparation and uh, work ethic when they get knocked down. So <laughs> it pays off when you start coming to the uh, – State tournament, you know, uh, Fairfield Ward is a, a tough team. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they're hooked to the hip with uh, Danbury. They can't uh, get away from them. Yeah, they did a nice job. You know, they, they put ten people going to the open this weekend. But you know, Danbury four four guys in the uh, finals that won, uh, six people in the finals. So you know, they pulled away the, down the stretch uh, to beat Fairfield by about uh, forty-five points or so. Yeah, that's a that's a tough challenge every year for that 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 crew. I'm sure uh, being uh, matched up in the uh, both in their league and then at the at the double L level uh, against Danbury. Uh, moving to to Class S, another uh, school that we've uh, that wrestling fans have become familiar with seeing uh, it, certainly in the mix for if not winning uh, Class S championships, and that's Killingly. Tell us a little bit about what took place in Class S. Killingly did a nice job. They uh, won their sec- second straight championship. They won in Class M. Last year, they dropped down to Class S. Uh, didn't skip a beat, though. They had uh, three champions, four finalists. Uh, they're seven, sending seven people to the state open. Um, 
as it happens with most teams from Eastern Connecticut Conference, uh, they get toughened up during the uh, regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good brand of wrestling out in the ECC, and uh, they, you know you see that when you come to the Class S tournament. Uh, I think it was five of the top ten teams, five of the top eight teams in Class S were from the ECC. Sure. So uh, good, tough wrestling, and uh, it pays off for uh, Killingly when they uh, went to the Class S tournament. So they're. Uh, Doing very well. And, uh, you know, a note for Killingly, Rich Bowen, uh, their longtime coach, uh, now the all-time leader in uh, career wins in the state of Connecticut. Yeah. He picked uh, that uh, uh, honor up this year. Yeah, so a, uh, a nice uh, a nice cap. Well, not quite the cap because we still got a couple uh, a couple of meets here to go, but a nice uh, a nice season with some milestones for that uh, that Killingly program. Any, uh, I mean, obviously with, the, with all the individual uh, events and champions, but... Uh, any that you know particularly stood out to you uh, or from this past weekend? You know, individuals who maybe either uh, surprised you with a victory or, or that really kind of stood out with how uh, impressive and dominant their uh, performances were uh, over the weekend. Um, you know, I, I was impressed with I was impressed with Simsbury and Xavier and the way those kids had to wrestle and the pressure that they were under. Uh, that meet really came down to. Uh, a few kids making a mistake here and there in the finals, mm-hmm. you know, a young mistake, and then you know they lose. They uh, one uh, one wrestler gave up a takedown with ten seconds left. He loses the match. That's three points. Yeah. Uh, another wrestler got uh, stuck with a move, you know, near the end of the period again. So I was impressed with the toughness that that was shown in that meet. But there's toughness in all the meets, and in a few highlights though that I saw from individuals. You know, Ryan Jack from Danbury, you know, he's going to go to North Carolina State next year, won his fourth uh, Class L title, which is a pretty impressive feat. He's only the second wrestler in state history to do that. Wow. Um, there've been a lot, there's been 13 wrestlers that have won uh, a divisional championship, whether it's L, uh, L, M, or S, mm-hmm. but only two have done it all for four times in Class Double L. Ryan Jack, and uh, he did it this year. And in Class M, uh, this also happened. Carson uh, LaCastry from uh, Joel Barlow won his fourth Class M uh, championship. Uh, So, you know, it's an impressive feat. You know, it's an impressive thing to win it as a sophomore. Plenty of folks have gotten to four uh, state finals, but they always don't win. You know, sometimes something happens and you you lose one or two here and there. Sure. To win four, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, that's a, that's certainly a, a remarkable career. And we'll give this one to you, Jerry, if you want to uh, do a deep dive into the wrestling. But this was just something that uh, in our our, uh, our communications here at the office just kind of uh, caught our eye just as an oddity. But the uh, in that Class L championships, at uh, you mentioned uh, Ryan Jack of Danbury at 138 with the championship. At 132 yep. from Trumbull, you had Jack Ryan. So you had Ryan Jack yeah. winning a title and then Jack Ryan – uh, Ryan Jack and Jack Ryan winning titles uh, in uh, in in weight classes there. So uh, we had to assume that was probably the first time that's happened uh, at a CIC uh, wrestling championship. So we'll get we'll give that one yeah. to you if you want to do a deep uh, historical dive and uh, and really dive into the uh, the uniqueness of that situation. Well, it's uh, it's one of those situations. I don't think uh, yeah, I think that's a first. But it uh, from the uh, journalist point of view. You got to make sure who you're talking about. <laughs> That's exactly make, right. And uh, make sure you got the right team and uh, <laughs> spell up both of their names because 
you know, the tradition in journalism is, you know, once you mention someone's name, then you go by the last name right. in the second reference. <laughs> well, you know, when we're talking about the two of them, uh, that, you can't do that this year. Yeah, probably not the uh, the smartest thing there to uh, just really confuse your readers if you just start going by uh, by single names. Uh, yeah. Let's let's look ahead to uh, this weekend. Obviously, uh, you know, we talk about Danbury. They're uh, we we mentioned them. They are now, I believe, the three won the last three state opens after a little bit of a a lull in their their kind of dominance. <coughs> excuse me. At the state open level, so they come in as the defending champions, uh, three-time defending champions again. Uh, Xavier was the runner-up last year. Uh, not going to look for uh, you to make any predictions or anything like that, but just kind of how do you uh, forecast and, and maybe what you're looking for, what you're expecting uh, at the state open this weekend? I guess it's not going too far out of the limb to think that Danbury's going to repeat. You know, that's not exactly uh, jumping off the uh, train there, but uh, <laughs> you know. Like I was saying before, Danbury uh, makes an effort to find the toughest competition. You know, they go to the Beast of the East out in Delaware during the year. They go off to the Eastern States Classic in uh, Eastern in, uh, in New York mm-hmm. as well. They're, they're trying to find uh, people to beat their kids. Yeah. You know, Ryan Jack uh, would go undefeated in the state of Connecticut, and he probably has. But uh, there's always one or two losses that he usually picks up at the Beast of the East or in the Eastern States. And, uh, but, you know, that's how Ricky Shook gets those kids to uh, buy in and get better uh, by toughening up the, that schedule. So I think they're the team to beat. You know, if someone beats them, uh, they're going to have to earn it. Yeah. Um, you know, Danbury has 11 kids in the uh, – they have, they have 11 kids going to the Open. Simsbury has 11. Xavier has 10. Fairfield Ward has 10, which is nice. You know, you're, you're in position. Yeah. Now the next thing is you have to start getting some wins. Sure. So the key thing for any challenger, whether it be Simsbury, Xavier, or Fairfield Ward, is getting those wins in the consolation round. You know, once you've lost uh, in the championship round, you have to keep going and uh, get a win. And, you know, get a pin when you can. You know, get a tech follow when you can. The points can add up. So. Yeah, yep, no question about it. Any particular, uh, any particular weight classes coming in that that look like they're uh, going to be particularly competitive that uh, that fans could focus on and, and expect to see some really uh, really competitive uh, tight uh, wrestling. Well, all the you know generally all these weight classes, good wrestlers, sure. all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, one that caught my eye was uh, 152 pounds. Uh, you know, Cole Shaughnessy of Fairfield Ward is the top seed. He won in a double L. Uh, the number three seed, though, is a, a formidable wrestler, Tyler Sung of New Canaan. He won in Class L this year. Now, uh, Tyler is a defending Open champion. He's only wrestled about, uh, I think, seven times this year. You know, he had, he had some injuries this year. Is, uh, he had some family issues. So, But Tyler's a tremendous wrestler. So I, I look at that one and said that could be one that could be an interesting one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, 132, you got uh, Simsbury's T.J. Finn is a top seed. You've got Jack Ryan from Trumbull <laughs> in there as well. Um, and then, you know, some things to look for, too. You know, uh, Ryan Jack of Danbury, he's won three state open championships. So he has the opportunity here to become just the third wrestler in state history to win four. 
So uh, that'll be an interesting thing to see if he can do that. Absolutely. A little bit of history there. And, and speaking of history, I know this is something you've, uh, you've written about a little bit, but, uh, and, and I, I ask you uh, this not knowing whether it's anything you've tracked, but uh, CIC very excited uh, that as part of the State Open this weekend, we'll be hosting the first uh, girls wrestling invitational, uh, running concurrently along with the championship. Any kind of thoughts on that or just sort of uh, you know names or teams that you're particularly interested in having kind of watched uh, these girls compete uh, with the the boys teams throughout the course of the season I think it's a uh, an outstanding uh, thing to have this opportunity for the girls you know the girls have uh, wrestled with the boys over the years you know there's been a handful of girls that have placed in the uh, divisional tournaments mm-hmm. over the years actually there was a girl from Montville in 2009 who finished second yeah. uh, in class M but th- this is great because the girls will get a chance to wrestle uh, their own peers. Um, I-, I think this is just outstanding. Um, I was looking at the list. You know, there's 75 girls that are registered to sign up. Um, I really can't point and say who's going to win what weight classes. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are three girls here that um, I will bring out. You know, even though this is the first time the CISC is uh, hosting a tournament. Girls have been wrestling from the state of Connecticut for years. Sure. Uh, you know, there was a girl from Waterford who uh, came in fourth twice in the U.S. Olympic trials mm-hmm. as well. So um, in terms of this year, though, when you look out uh, and you watch some of the girls down there in New Haven, uh, look at 145 pounds. You, uh, Ella Nichols uh, from Bristol Eastern is nationally ranked right at this point uh, as well. Mm-hmm. She uh, finished seventh in the nationals last year down in Virginia. Uh, at 160 pounds, Ashley Reed of Southington finished third in the Nationals last year. And uh, let's see, the other uh, young woman, uh, at 120 pounds from NFA, Destiny Mateo, she finished uh, sixth at a uh, Super 32 meet uh, two years ago, which is a uh, high-level uh, national meet. So she's uh, they have uh, some experience. So. Those three are names that just pop right out. Sure. But uh, I'm sure there's going to be some other girls that uh, climb the podium and uh, will get them started on their wrestling careers too. Yeah. So I think it's great. Yeah, we're really looking forward to uh, to that. So hopefully uh, and look for some uh, some content from the CIC, some preview uh, kind of videos uh, coming in the, uh, the the next few days, sort of uh, getting everybody for that uh, first uh, girls wrestling invitational uh, that we're very excited about and certainly uh, hope that uh, that fans enjoy along with the uh, the regular uh, – the regular uh, thing that they're uh, they're used to seeing down there at Floyd Little, which is a lot of outstanding uh, boys competitors uh, trying to earn uh, state championships. So, Jerry, we know you will be there. You will be uh, tracking all the action at uh, Connecticut yeah. Wrestling Online, ctwrestling.com. Uh, we always appreciate you taking a little time to uh, to get us ready for the, uh, the state open. So uh, enjoy it, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy to help. Thanks, Joel. Take care. Thanks so much to Jerry. Does an unbelievable job uh, keeping tabs on everything that's happening. If you have not uh, checked out his website, uh, ctwrestling.com, you are missing out. It is a a wealth of information. I don't know how he keeps track of everything. I don't know how he does that on top of everything else that he does uh, with his day job, but uh, it's an unbelievable uh, resource, and and it's really a passion for him, I know, uh, covering high school wrestling in the state of Connecticut. So please check out all his great work. There will be uh, countless photos and stories and things like that, I'm sure, coming out of the state open. And uh, and speaking of someone who produces a lot of content, let's get uh, let's now track down Sean McFarland from the Hartford Current. We've had Sean on a couple times already. He feels like he's been at the Current a lot longer than he has. I think this is maybe just his second full year uh, covering high school sports for the Current. But he was at. 
Floyd Little Athletic Center for the last two weeks covering the divisional track uh, championships and state open, and then is also well-versed in boys' basketball. So we're going to uh, reach out to Sean, talk a little bit about track and basketball. Happy to be on the phone with Sean McFarland from the Hartford Current, a jack of all trades in the world of high school sports coverage for the Current. He's going to uh, walk us through a few different things here as we uh, get in touch with him. Sean, thanks as always for being with us. Thanks for having me, Joel. So let's start off. You uh, you basically took up residency at the Floyd Little Athletic Center uh, over the past uh, two weeks there. Hopefully they weren't charging you rent as part of your uh, your busy time there, but covering a bunch of divisional championships and then the state open in, in track and field. So we're going to uh, kind of walk through some of the things you saw, some of the stories uh, from, from your time there at, uh, at the Floyd Little. Let's start out. What were sort of the, the big takeaways for you, uh, whether from any of the divisional meets or, or the state open, the kind of big things that, uh, that you walked away from uh, after a, a few weeks of coverage of track and field, yeah, sure. I mean, I think the first thing is is that Connor's sophomore Gavin Sherry might be the state's best athlete overall. Um, this kid, in back-to-back weeks, broke his state record in the 3200 meter run, and then a week later broke his own state record by 12 seconds. Yeah, and ran the fastest time in the country. And again, he's just a sophomore; he's 15 years old, and his first year running indoor track. Um, I got the chance to talk with him a lot last week, and you know, he was telling me, he's, he's like, I'm, I never get tired. I've never ran out of energy in a race. I've never hit a limit. I've never hit a wall. Um, and, and this kid's out here breaking records, running the fastest times in the country. Um, he'll be running at New England, the Nationals, and he's got a good chance to, to win a national championship as only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really just been... Uh, fun athlete to watch and he runs cross country obviously and outdoor track so watching him kind of shatter every record that was standing in his way this past week was was a lot of fun and kind of I think opened a lot of people's eyes to you know how good of an individual talent he is not just you know as a as a really good distance runner but you know one of the best in state history at this point and one of the best nationwide so it's uh it was, it was cool to see that yeah um and I guess on the girls' side, you know, Glastonbury won the double L and open title, and, and they were just a deep, such a deep team. Um, they had, they scored in every angle. Uh, junior Sam Forrest, she's kind of like, I, I, I think, one of the best multi-sport athletes in the state. She scored the game-winning goal for Glastonbury in the double L girls' soccer championship. She finished second in the 300 at the double L. Or she won the double L 300. She finished second at the open of the 300. Helped score a bunch of points for Glastonbury to win the, win the relays. And she's committed to UNC for lacrosse. So really just, it's, uh, yeah, it's about as impressive as, of a trio as you can get. And, you know, she kind of anchors that Glastonbury team. But, uh, sophomore Molly Harding ran some great races. They have a pole vaulter, Mallory Malls, a high jumper, Allison Schindler. So really just, you know, they were scoring points from all angles. That was kind of in talking with, with their coach Brian Collins was, you know, we don't have maybe a, a superstar athlete, but you know that was a team that it just they just found ways to score points from, from in every event with every type of athlete, and, and you know those are the type of teams that, that win events like that. Yeah, um, so it was cool to see win their their first state open title. I think nine years. Yeah, um, and then on, on the boys' side, uh, Bloomfield was really interesting because. You know, when I first got here, I guess two years ago now, Bloomfield was known for having great sprinters and in winning so many meets on the back of their sprinters. And, and to their credit, they their sprinters did live up to the expectations again this year. But 
Um, they were dominant on the field side. You know, they had a shot put winner, Michael Campbell, win the Class S and State Open title. Uh, senior Sean Dixon Bodie, he's the number one triple jumper in the country, and that's not a CIC sanctioned event for opens and championships, but he still went out and won the high jump and took second in the long jump. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just, I mean, you know, it's no surprise that Bloomfield has incredible athletes. We've seen that with track and football, but I mean, that's really just being able to win and dominate on the field side was something that, you know, you don't see very often. So I guess those are my three main takeaways, especially, you know, and I think the other thing is that the CCC itself is is so dominant in track. I think they won six of the eight divisional titles, and then Bloomfield and Glastonbury won um, the open titles. So to see so much, I guess, track and field talent coming from that one conference, that one concentrated part of the state, you know, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, I I think it was the Glastonbury coach, Brian Collins, he told me, he said, you know, we think the CCC championship is actually harder than the state open, having to face Bloomfield and Hall and, you know, whoever by division. So that's, that was one of the cool things to see was the one conference really clean up especially well uh, at, at every meet, really. Yeah, no question. Yeah, that's a that's an impressive uh, impressive group and interesting as you said with you know you sort of the one of the fun things about track you can get you know the, there's so many different ways to sort of win these titles as you say you know you could kind of have the approach that of Glastonbury with sort of their depth across the board and then you look at Bloomfield which uh, you know you sort of look at um, I was looking today just out of curiosity is the 128th uh, smallest enrollment boys enrollment and then you know wins the state open in track uh, uh, you know on the strength of a bunch of uh, really good field competitors so there's sort of no one formula that seems to uh, to necessarily lead in, in track and field which kind of makes it fun when you uh, you go into those championship meets yeah very fun and it's funny you look at the girls side uh, I think Fairfield Budlow placed in the top five and that was strictly because of Tess Stapleton their great hurdler and jumper she scored I think 20 plus points for them alone so yeah. Even, you know, I know the Glassman coach said we don't have a star, but there's teams out there that have that one star that, that gets them into a top five, top four finish. So that's what I think is interesting about track is, you know, there's a million different ways that you can strategize to win, whether it's that depth, whether it's having a few stars. Uh, whatever it is, that's what makes it, I think, a fun, fun sport for me to watch. Yeah, no question about it. You, you've obviously hit on a couple uh, from some of those championship teams, and then mentioning Tess Stapleton. Any other sort of individual performances that jumped out at you uh, over the course of the the? I guess it would be uh, six meets or four meet, five meets that you were yeah. there. Uh, and anyone else that kind of stood out uh, from an individual perspective? You know, I mentioned Gavin Sherry, but the entire sophomore distance class is really impressive. Uh, I believe. Sherry and Avon sophomore Jack Martin became the first sophomore duo to ever sweep the distance fence at the Open. Uh, Jack Martin won the mile at the Open and won the mile at the Class M meet, I believe. And then Aiden Puffer, who broke a world record last year as a freshman, mm-hmm. finished second to Sherry in the 3,200. And he also broke the previous state record uh, in finishing second. So just that trio specifically and Sherry's brother Callum, he's also an incredible runner. He plays highly at the open. Um, it's really um, unusual to have that many top tier sophomore runners at, at running at this level and breaking records and winning state open. So I think that's, that's was something that really stuck out to me is, Hey, you know, this is the beginning of kind of a nice little competitive rivalry between all these runners for the next two or three years at this point. Um, you just, you don't really see that very often. Um, and I think uh, other individuals, 
see. I think Simsbury uh, has a 600 runner, Elsa Martin. She broke her own school record uh, twice, I think, at the L meet and at the Open. Um, and she was just one of the most, if you're talking, the raw emotion of sports. Um, when she crossed the finish line at the L meet, she just fell to her knees and broke down in tears and was just sobbing because she was so happy. And mm-hmm. at the Open, I think she started screaming before she even crossed <laughs> the finish line because she was so excited. I mean, it was just like as far as seeing that that value of high school sports and that value of competition and winning, like she was the the, the poster child for that. With just the way she celebrated, she crossed the finish line of the 600 at the Open and immediately hugged Molly Harding from Glastonbury, who played second. And they were like rolling around on the track together, hugging. <laughs> like it was just, it was one of those things where it's like you really can't can't make that up. Just how happy she was, and right. that was really cool. And, and she's a good. Like a part of that Simsbury team that has a lot of really talented uh, distance runners with Olivia Burney and Amanda Durway. So they they did well at the L meet. I think they'll be strong again come the outdoor season. Um, and then, yeah, I think at the S meet, uh, Chelsea Mitchell, she won the 55, the long jump, and the 300. She's She was our overall girls athlete of the year last year as a junior, and she mm-hmm. won our girls outdoor track athlete of the year as well, I believe. she She's as dominant of an athlete on the girls' side in the state, being able to win three events, and, and they're very different events, 55 and 300, both sprinting, but, you know, it's, it's still hard to win both. And yeah. Chelsea won the 55 at the Open. She took second in the long jump at the Open, um, and she took second in the 300 at the Open, too, I believe. Um, but just a dominant couple of weeks for her. Um, the S meet and the and the Open. So yeah, I guess those are the real the few athletes that that really saw. I guess uh, I'll just sort of say, obviously the the Connecticut season wrapped up as as you say, but now some of these athletes going on to New England's. Anyone, obviously, you've mentioned a, a few of these folks and, and familiar names, but uh, anyone in particular or any sort of events uh, at the New England's or at the uh, the maybe the national championships that you're going to be keeping an eye on uh, for some of these competitors as they uh, they go forward to more regional and national competitions. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely uh, Gavin Sherry and from Connor and Sean Dixon Bodie from from Bloomfield. They've been atop the national rankings all year. Um, Sherry is actually top six nationally in six different races, uh, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And Dixon Bodie's been the top triple jumper all season. Uh, he he actually jumped the number three mark all time at the high school level earlier this month. Wow. Um, so I think, you know, at Nationals, both of those have a very good, legitimate chance of winning national championships, which would be pretty impressive. You know, we had Xavier's Robbie Cozine win a national championship in the spring, but it would be really cool to have two individuals in the indoor season, as well as whatever relays are put together. I know Connor has a good, you know, if they want to put together some four-by-mile relay, they'd have a strong one, um, you know, I don't know what the Bloomfield boys or Bloomfield girls are looking at. You know, Glastonbury has a ton of depth, like we talked about. And mm-hmm. I know they had a good relay team at the Indoor Nationals last year, and it wouldn't surprise me if they put together another strong one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, I think, Sherry and Dixon Bode are the individuals I'm looking at. But I, I think, you know, because there are such strong, talented teams in the state, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of relays that do well, a lot of, a lot of, you know, teams kind of will piece together their best athletes at this point and see yeah. what they can do. And then 
we mentioned earlier, uh, Tess Stapleton from Fairfield Ludlow. She's been really just shattering records all season in state. So, um, you know, she'll be a fun one to watch um, at the at the national New England level as well. Yeah. Yeah, right now she's eighth in the country in the 55 hurdles and, you know, top top six is all American. So she's, she's right. She's right on that mark, you know, where a few good weeks to put her over that edge. And, yeah. And she seems to be getting better with every meet, too. So so she's definitely one to watch that, that could, uh, could make some noise at the New England national level. Very cool. So we look forward to uh, all of that and appreciate all your great coverage of the uh, the indoor track and field championships. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit here also. Folks uh, in from that uh, area familiar with all your work covering uh, high school boys basketball as we sort of wind down now the regular season. The, the girls basketball tournament pairings came out uh, yesterday. Boys pairings will be out in about a week or so. So uh, for those kind of just checking in, this is our first chance to check in on the CIC cast with the, the boys basketball season. Kind of ask you the same question. What have been some of the, the sort of dominant and, uh, and predominant uh, storylines uh, sort of at the boys basketball season this year as we sort of start looking ahead towards the tournaments? Yeah, I mean, we'll go division by division, I guess. In D1, it's, it's no surprise. It's East Catholic and it's Windsor again. Um, you know, they obviously had that incredible game a few few weeks ago where they sold out Windsor High School before the JV game even started. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are expecting them to play again in the CCC Championship. And, you know, potentially in the D1 tournament, you know, Windsor has a trio of incredible guards and Primo Spears, Corey McKeithen, Justice Ellison, and then... East Catholic, I think, is one of the most well-rounded teams in the state as far as, you know, they play as one unit. They have their star in Matt Noling, and they have a, a ton of, you know, A-plus level role players around him. And then I think Luke Riley is the best coach in the state. So that's always a fun matchup. And mm-hmm. uh, Sacred Heart in Division One, you know, they outlasted Naugatuck a, a week or two ago to, to remain undefeated there. They're always a powerhouse. Um, so, so D1, I think, is, is about as top-heavy as you can get. You know, those those teams will always be the favorites in the running. And you know, looking at D2, um, it's Prince Tech atop there at 20-0. And, you know, it's their first undefeated season in program history. And, you know, they're obviously the favorite to win the CTC tournament, too. And uh, if people haven't got a chance to watch KZL Stewart play, he's as fun of a basketball player as they're in the state, just a, a walking highlight reel, and he does it all. He's your classic walking double-double guy with blocks and assists and rebounds and points. He's he's stuffs the staff sheet better than anyone in the state, I think. Um, and they have a, a talented roster around him, too, so I could see them making a deep run in D2, as, as well as Nogatuck, who finishes in 19-1, right behind Sacred Heart. Um they came close to handing Sacred Heart, you know, their first uh, NVL loss, I think, like 120 games. So uh, just to even play that close with Sacred Heart shows a lot about Naugatuck. And, now of course, there's Bristol Central, which is in D2, which is led by Dunneman Klingen, who, you know, I think has really emerged as probably the most well-known and most popular basketball player in the state this year, mm-hmm. um, putting up ridiculous numbers. You know, he's had a few triple-doubles with blocks. He's had these insane 35.20 rebound games, um, and he's almost been the singular reason why Bristol Central is, has been so good this year as, as the rest of the team kind of learns to play around him. But I think looking at the tournament, depending on who they match up with, they're the fourth seed in the tournament right now. Um, you know, Who knows where they finish, but 
he's a mismatch for anybody. I mean, teams have to send three or four guys to guard him. He's a true seven-footer. He can shoot. He can pass. Um, so I think anyone versus Central sees in the tournament, you know, that's going to be a really fun matchup to see how how they guard Klingon, how they guard this kid who's been offered by UConn and who is emerging into this, you know, next basketball superstar in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and D3, um, it's, it's three CCC teams at the top with Tallinn, Northwest Catholic, and Earl Capital Prep's not CCC, but they're in the Hartford area, I mean. Um, you know, Tallinn's 19-1. They've had, I think, five buzzer-beater wins this year. <laughs> um, just, I, it, it's unreal, just, I asked their coach, I was like, hey, what's, what's up with these buzzer beaters? And he's like, I, luck is just on our side. And, and they've been, you know, and that matters. You know, if you're a lucky team, that, that's going to help you in the tournament. And they've been winning those close games. So they're a fun team to watch. And, and Northwest Catholic is the same. Uh, just, just three losses all year, one to East Catholic. Um, I watched them last week, and, and they played Capital Prep, who's the third seed in, in D3. And they shut them out in the entire fourth quarter, and they have a – a, a great guard in Matt Curtis, who's the son of another Matt Curtis who played at Cheshire and scored 2,000-plus points, so so good bloodlines there. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really interesting. I, I think Northwest Catholic is the favorite in D3, um, but you know there's a lot of tough teams up there. Wamogo is always strong. Shelton, St. Joe's was good last year. So I, I think D3 it, it, it will be a lot of fun this year. Yeah. Um, and the same thing in D4, it's, so many NCCC teams with Canton, SMSA, and Ellington. Um, you know, they're that whole conference all year has been kind of beating down on each other. There's so many teams coming from that conference in that 15, 16, 17 win range. Um, so that'll be a fun conference tournament to watch, let alone uh, at the state level. But Canton's the top seed in there now with SMSA right behind them. And, and, and this one feels like the most wide-open class uh, looking at, at, at D4. Because you, you know, SMSA Canton beat SMSA, but SMSA beat Ellington, and Ellington beat Canton. You know, right. it's this whole everyone is just kind of beating down on each other in that class. So I think if if all of them advance further into that tournament, it could go any way. Um, and looking down at D five, uh, Old Lime is the top seed, and I think they've been the favorite all year. Um, they made it to the finals last year. They brought everyone back. They've got a pretty dynamic big man in Aiden Using, who's a good shooter, good passer, and I think they have the makeup of a team that, that really could could take the whole thing and go all the way. And there's Summers is there, too, and they're a tested team. Um, Valley Regionals look good all, the, all year. They're a very balanced team. So I think I think once you get down to, to D4 and D5, it, it really just feels wide open for you know whoever gets hot at the right time or whoever has the best player, whoever has the best, you know, battle-tested team at, at that point because it feels like D1 and D2 are a little more top-heavy and locked up at this point. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, so taking a look at that, obviously, I'm not going to, and, you know, it's hard to, the the rankings and stuff, as you see on the, the CIC website, are still uh, unofficial at this point. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you can't, you try to project out the brackets, but we don't totally know how, uh, particularly with Til- Steam's teams still have uh, the potential to get a few, uh, you know, finish a game or two here to, to complete their right. schedule. But um, just kind of uh, from your perspective, what which tournaments, uh, you know, sort of are the maybe the most interesting or, or you think just kind of have the most intrigue to them in terms of how they may play out? Obviously, you're, you're projecting here, as I said, without knowing, sort of seeing right. the brackets and seeing what matchups may come or, you know, potentially uh, show up down the road. But where, where are you kind of most just saying, like, you know what, I'm just really interested in seeing what's going to happen in that division? 
for me, it's, it's really D1. Um, you look at East Catholic as a third seed, that's about as good of a third seed as you're ever going to see. And, and Windsor's down there to eight seed, and there, I know both myself and Game Time have Windsor as the top ranked team in the state right now, and there they are at the eighth seed because they lost three games down in Florida, and that just kind of goes to show how good that whole bracket is this year is that there are so many teams in that two-loss, one-loss range. And I, I think depending on how the brackets shake out, you're going to get a really good semifinals with teams like East Catholic or Windsor or Sacred Heart, uh, Norwich Free Academy. They've been up, they, were, they went undefeated this year. Uh, Notre Dame West Haven, that was a team in the preseason that a lot of coaches told me, like, nope, they're going to be the best team in the state. And, and sure enough, in 19-1, they've kind of held up to that mark. Um, yeah, but I think D1 by far is the most interesting, depending on how it shakes out. Um, I know everyone in the world wants uh, a Windsor East Catholic rematch, but you know if Windsor is stuck going on the road early in the tournament because they have those three losses, you know that that could slow down their chances of getting there. But I, I think that this is about as you know this is by far the most talented tournament we have in the state right here, and, and you know I, I think. Having Windsor as the eighth seed really goes to show that because there's Hill House right there, which went to overtime with Windsor, and, mm-hmm. and Ridgefield's been good this year, and Immaculate has won 19 games in a row. So it really is just looking at those top eight teams. You know, you can really draw anyone out of a hat and, and, and say they could win the whole thing. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because that I think could go a million different ways. But you know, there's so many strong, talented teams in that top eight. Yeah, certainly, and teams that uh, you are very familiar with, getting to uh, to watch a lot of them this year. Uh, last question before we sort of get into it. Uh, actually, we'll maybe do two more questions. We'll do t- sneak in sure. two here. Uh, obviously, you've hit on a bunch of them, but any other uh, same sort of question? Any other individuals? Uh, you know, that maybe their teams aren't as strong, but that fans uh, who who haven't been following and are kind of starting to look ahead to the the boys basketball tournaments this year might want to check out. Uh, once we get into tournament play, kind of standout individuals, even if they're maybe their teams aren't going to have them in position to uh, compete for championships. Yeah, sure. Um, New Britain has a really strong guard in, in Tamin Dupree. He's a senior. He played well on the AAU circuit this summer, and and, and they're at twelve and eight in, in D one, and they made it to the D two finals last year. So you know they play a great defense. I could see them. Knocking off a, a higher seeded team, and and, and and Tamin is really a fun athletic guard that can get up and down the court quick, and uh, you know he'd be a lot of fun to see play deeper into the tournament. Um, you know, looking at, at D two, Innovation has a, has a lot of fun kids. You know, L J Hazelwood's a, a long, lanky big man. He's got some some pretty crazy stat lines. And they obviously won the state championship last year, uh, mm-hmm. so that's another team that's tested too, and and. And Hazelwood's play has been a, a huge part of that. Uh, Farmington, another team that also won a state championship last year, they have a pair of guards in, in Grayson Her and Jacob Smith that just, you know, any night it, it could be one of the two of them that, that goes off for 30 points. And they're a lot of fun to watch. Um, the way they play together, it, it, they have great chemistry. Um, it's entertaining basketball. So that'd be a, a fun duo to keep an eye on heading forward. Um Capital Prep, though, they have a, a sophomore guard, Keyshawn Mitchell, who's who's six foot eight. You know, he looks like you know he's right out of some top tier prep school. You know, the, the way his body's already filled out, he's long, he's lanky, he's athletic. You know, he he, he can dunk. He's a lot of fun to watch. You know, he's still a raw player, I think, skill wise. Yep. But 
Um, his pure athleticism is, is just really impressive to watch. So if he, if they make a deeper run in the tournament, you know that capital prep team as a whole has so many athletic guys on that team that just, you know, are a highlight waiting to happen. Really, so so they're a lot of fun. Um, and looking at at Pollen, they have a guard Brian Geithner who's been putting up crazy numbers all year. Um, and you know he's had a few of those buzzer beaters that we talked about with Tallinn. Um, You know he's a, a strong, big, you know, college-ready guard kind of in the way he plays, and and you know he's a, he's a tough matchup for for anybody who's going to try and defend him. So mm-hmm. so you know he he makes Pollen definitely one of the favorites in D three. Yeah. Um, and looking at SMSA, they have a guard Elon Monroe who has had some some crazy stat lines this year, just a bunch of thirty-point outings. You know just night after night, loading up the stat sheet. Um, he's not that big, but he's quick, he's fast, he gets to the rim in like two steps it feels like. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch, and, and uh, he's, you know, in my opinion, the best player in that conference. Um, and again, that's a loaded conference too, so that's, that's a very impressive uh, thing to say about him. Cause sure. he, he's, he's quick, he's athletic, he can shoot it. Um, I only saw him play once, but he was a ton of fun to watch, so... He's that type of guy that, that could take over in a few tournament games and, and give SMSA a, a little life in the postseason. Very good. Well, we will uh, look forward to seeing all of that and uh, and checking out all of your excellent coverage. Uh, it's going to be a busy uh, a busy three three or four weeks here and a busy run to the sun, as we like to say. But uh, looking forward to a lot of fun uh, basketball, postseason basketball coming up. And Sean McFarland, you always do a great job uh, joining us and with your work for the Hartford Current. So we appreciate it, sir, and uh, enjoy the next few weeks. We'll see you uh, down the line at Mohegan. Absolutely. Thanks as always, Joel. Always great to talk to Sean McFarland. He is uh, deep into all this stuff. He does a wonderful job covering. Uh, check out some of his great stories. He mentioned a story about Gavin Sherry from uh, Connard uh, that he did uh, leading up to the state open and then had that uh, sort of uh, reinforced the, the need for that story with the, the performance that he put on there. And then, of course, there will be so much basketball coverage from him uh, in the coming weeks uh, as we head on the run to the sun. We, uh, we kicked off the run to the sun officially for the girls' basketball with the release of the pairings on Wednesday. Boys' basketball will be uh, pairings will be coming next week. And uh, it's going to be a fun uh, couple weeks as we sprint towards the championships and that run to the sun at Mohegan Sun. Uh, hoping to get some uh, – we'll try to – reach out to some folks and have some hockey coverage and discussion here on the CIC cast in the coming weeks. Of course, they'll be making the, uh, the road to Yale, the road to the whale at uh, Ingalls rink there at Yale will be the championship semifinals and finals uh, there at Ingalls uh, coming up. So uh, next week will be the, uh, the pairings for boys ice hockey and boys basketball. And then we'll have all the pairings out and it is go time. So we uh, a good place to get all that information, of course, is tournamentcentral.cicsports.com. You're going to want to bookmark it or cicmobile.com on your mobile device. That is going to do it, I believe, for this edition of the CIC cast. Once again, I'm always so grateful that you've taken a little time to listen to us. Let me run through all the social media platforms again. Twitter, cicsports.com. Instagram, cicsports. Excuse me, Twitter is just CIAC Sports. Instagram is CIAC Sports. Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. On YouTube, search for CAS-CIAC. That is how you will find our YouTube channel. Last time I looked, we only had 90 subscribers, I think, for that YouTube channel. That number needs to be much, much higher than that. It will be worth it uh, to check out all the great work that uh, John Holt is doing 
uh, telling stories from the world of high school sports in Connecticut. So let's boost that YouTube uh, followers up. I'm going to hold uh, all of my listeners personally uh, responsible if that number is not a little higher. But of course, CICsports.com. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, please, you can find us on iTunes. Please rate, subscribe, leave us a review there. Uh, also on Google Play and on Stitcher. We really appreciate uh, you following and, and keeping tabs on everything that's happening with the CIC cast. As I always say, we will try and stick to our uh, every two-week posting schedule. But if you're subscribed, you don't have to work about, worry about my erratic behavior and, uh, and erratic production. You will just get the latest episode whenever it is posted. So please do that. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please leave us, leave us a review. We are really appreciative of all the support we get for the podcast as we cover all the exciting things going on in the world of high school sports. And with that, it's championship time. Let's do it. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a fun few weeks. It's already been great going through the championships that have taken place so far. We're looking forward to a lot more great times and a lot more great stories, a lot more great celebrations, and you're going to be able to track all of it. We hope you'll be back with us here for a new edition of the CIAC Cast. <laughs>